Hello and welcome everybody to the brand new edition of Radio Elevate. Maybe we'll call it Radio Elevate 2.0. It's a season premiere. It's a relaunch. It's a grand reopening. We are right back here. Hope you're having an excellent Sunday afternoon. My name's Cody. I'm joined by my lovely, lovely wife, Jennifer, as we start this new venture on Radio Elevate. Jennifer, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. It's awesome to be right back here with the podcast. Let's give a little history about the podcast. Back a couple, three years ago during the COVID pandemic is really when the first episodes of Radio Elevate came out. We had to have an outlet to, to reach our youth and to keep the, the communion going within the church. And that's how the podcast was born but as the world started reopening again and we were able to meet again, just this was something that kind of went away. And over the years, we kept hearing that, hey, that podcast was kind of a fun thing. We'd, we'd love to have the podcast back. And after a little bit of planning, here we are right back with Radio Elevate. Jennifer, what do you hope that Radio Elevate is going to do for our church, going to do for the youth, going to do for just the public in general? Well, I hope that it keeps us all connected. I really and enjoyed hearing your podcast when we had it a couple years ago. I know it brought us in some friends from California, which was really awesome. So I hope we can reach people not just in Jonesboro, but out of Jonesboro, but also that it can just really keep the church connected, the youth connected with us, and we can all just have a good time and learn together. So you're listening to this right now. This is going to be dropping for the time being right now on Sunday afternoons at 12. So if you go to the late service there at Cross Point Church, you can listen to this on the way home. If you go to the early service, you can listen to it after lunch. It'll be it'll be ready anytime you want it after church on Sundays. This is going to be a great thing before we have youth lessons. So if, a few things that we're going to do just a little bit differently this year uh, with this season that we weren't able to do in the past episodes of Radio Elevate. We now have a website, a true website. You don't have to have a, a slash and a dot and a hyphen and everything else to get to our website. You can go to www.radioelevatepod.com and, and that's going to be the center hub for everything that we're doing right here on the podcast because we hope for this to be a, a different interactive type of Bible study, like there's no other Bible studies that we really know of right now. So go to www.radioelevatepod, and right there is where you can get daily, or not daily, but you've got devotionals that go with each and every lesson that we're doing, and there's going to be links to the worship that we're going to utilize for all of our lessons, because nothing enhances time with God better than just a little bit of worship. There's links to every bit of that right there on www.radioelevatepod.com. And if you have not had a chance to visit the website, I'm going to urge you to go press pause on the podcast right now. Head over to that website. Go over to that YouTube link where it says uh, worship, where the music is, and it'll take you to playlists of each and every episode. So if you've not had a chance to do that yet, I, I recommend you go do that right now. And while you're heading off to do that right now, before you leave, I just want to give you a little bit of information about Radio Elevate and Elevate Youth Ministry right now. If you're listening to this on Sunday, tonight we've got our movie and ice cream night right there at Cross Point Church in Jonesboro. Going to be there at 4.30 p.m. That's what's going on tonight at Cross Point for Elevate Youth. If you're grades 7 through 12, 
and you live in or around Jonesboro, Tennessee, come hang out with us. Elevate, uh, Radio Elevate's awesome. It's fun to do this. It's fun to listen in your car or while you're hiking or just hanging out in your room, but nothing beats the fun and the fellowship and, and just the time that we get to spend studying God's Word than it does right there at, uh, when we meet in person at 111 Conley Drive in Jonesboro, Tennessee, 4.30 on Sundays. That's where you can reach us this Sunday. So Jennifer right here, we're getting ready to start a discussion on a brand new series called The Ultimate Summer Playlist. And this week we're taking, or this, this entire summer over the course of the next eight weeks, we're taking some of the most popular worship songs, a lot of which we've played right there at Cross Point Church during our worship service that, that really help us put together an awesome summertime playlist and really enhance our worship. This week, we're talking about the song, My Jesus by Ann Wilson. Jennifer, when's the first time you heard My Jesus by Ann Wilson? Probably after the first time you heard it. I remember it being pretty significant to you when you first heard it in the car. And I believe probably after that Sunday service, um, we probably listened to it together, I'm going to assume. Um, it's hard for me to remember what I did yesterday, let alone three years ago. But I'm going to assume that's when it happened because I'm pretty sure we listened to that together the first time. You know, the, the first time I heard the song, I remember I was driving to church. And uh, we used to live in Elizabeth, and now we live in Jonesboro. But used to, we had a pretty hefty drive to get to church every morning. And a lot of times with young kids, we'd have to drive separately. And I was by myself on a Sunday morning, and I remember hearing it on the radio. And, you know, worship music something that I listen to in the car pretty frequently. You know, in my life, we spend a lot of time traveling. We spend a lot of time on the road. Worship music is, is a big part of that. And sometimes a lot of those songs kind of just fade to the background you mm -hmm. hear them so much but there was you know this this song's in a country style right it, it's Nashville music type it hit me immediately mm -hmm. you know it's it, it's definitely my genre my style of music that I like and and Wilson has that kind of like raspy country voice that I really like but it drew me in and when I listened to it it was upbeat it was fun I literally walked in the church I found Matt that's our worship pastor and said hey man we got to do this and I hounded him for the entire next week that hey we, we've got to do this song and that song ended up going to number one it debuted at number one on the Christian Billboard uh, top 100 list number one uh, I had to go look this lady up hear more of her music. Her music has some great worship vibes, some great some great stories to it, but as upbeat as that song is, and as awesome as the song is, it kind of it starts out uh, a little bit differently. It hits you in, in kind of a, a darkened place, and, and I didn't really catch that the first time I listened to it, because once you get to the end of the song, you get to the upbeat points, but the first part of the song really talks about some dark stuff, and if you go listen to, to the interview from Ann Wilson, which we're getting ready to play here in just a second, Bright FM posted a, a video of Ann Wilson talking about the song and how this entire song came to be. So I'd like to pause right here and we're going to hear from Ann Wilson as she gives her story on the song, My Jesus. A few years ago, I went through a season of tragedy. My older brother, Jacob, who was my best friend and someone I looked up to in every way, lost his life in a car accident at the age of 23. 
I can remember that night so vividly. Police officers were standing at the front door, and I knew at that moment that something had gone wrong. I walked into the living room, and my parents were in complete and total despair. That night, I heard God's voice so clear, and He spoke to me for the first time. He said, Anne, are you going to trust me or not? I answered, Jesus, I trust you. In an instant, Jesus lifted the heavy weight off and told me that he would give me everything I would need to get through this. Journaling became part of my healing process. Jesus began to show me that he was a personal God. Before I knew it, I was turning those journal entries into songs. As I was writing one day, I looked back into my journal and I realized that I never wrote just Jesus, God, or Lord. I always wrote my Jesus, and that's what inspired me to write this song. When people hear this song, I want them to feel that Jesus is personal. And while our stories may look different, the same Jesus that I call my Jesus can be your Jesus too. Well, right there it is. You hear the story from one of the songwriters of My Jesus Herself. You know, Jennifer, what was your thoughts about this song the first time you heard the song My Jesus? I personally thought that it was pretty um, captivating the first time I heard it. I mean, you spoke on that the beginning of the song was kind of in a darker, but by the time you get to the end of the song, you're feeling more uplifted and positive. And I really feel like... And Wilson and everyone else, that's kind of your relationship with Christ and your salvation is you're in a really dark place in the beginning, just like the song. Um, you're really weary and lost, and she talks about those kind of things. But as you build in the song and you build in your relationship with Christ, and eventually, like you see in the music video, she eventually brings, and Wilson brings her parents to church to know Christ. So it's kind of in that same light. You're starting kind of dark, but then as you're growing in your relationship and finally meeting Christ and joining that relationship, you end on such a positive witnessing note. So I think that, um, you know, that really correlated with me and, you know, really, really set the mood for the song. And I thought it was super uplifting and, and good for not just the Christian um, base, but for the secular base. So the non-Christian people that might hear that song might feel that positivity too. You know, Jesus can take some pretty dark situations, turn them around and, and, and bring honor and glory to him like really nothing else ever can. He was able to take this tragedy, the death of Ann Wilson's brother, and through that, work through her to create this amazing song of worship that's reached, I mean, countless number of mm -hmm. people. And, and, and you mentioned the term, you know, even secularly, uh, this song has reached people. I watched a, a video online, I guess it came through my Facebook feed not too long ago, that uh, Jody Messina, who's a uh, country artist, mm -hmm. was at a concert and she played this particular song. Uh, and there were people there at that concert that probably had no idea that they were going to hear about Christ mm -hmm. that day. And I have no doubt in my mind that people learned and heard about Christ that day. This song could be such an amazing introduction to our Lord Jesus Christ. And it kind of tricks you into hearing about it. But it starts at a really dark and burdened place. And so many of us go through that. And I know we could sit here and give examples all day of our life where we've been in dark and burdened places. And I'm sure that if you're sitting there listening, you've thought, man, 
I've had some pretty dark and, and burdened times in my own life. And just because we come out of those doesn't mean we won't go back into some of those. But I started to think about, you know, that's not, that's nothing that's unique to us. That's something that's gone all through history. You can find it all through the Bible. And, mm-hmm. and I want to ask you, were you able to think of any uh, Bible characters that have experienced burdens in their own life? Uh, yes, actually a few that came to mind. Um, obviously as a female, I'm going to relate more to our, um, female counterparts in the Bible. So the few that, the two that I actually thought of were both female. Um, and I, you know, have related to some of them in some manner, but the first one I thought of was Hannah. So in first Samuel, we read the story of Hannah longing for a child. Um, she is married and, um, her husband's other wife has many children. It says sons and daughters. It doesn't give us a count of how many, but that her counterpart. So her husband's other wife has many children, but the Lord hasn't blessed Hannah with children. And so we see her year after year going to the temple, praying for a child, you know, being really faithful, really faithful in her prayer to the Lord. Um, it says that her, um, the other wife would taunt her because the Lord kept her from having a child. So I believe, you know, in our infertility journey that, you know, it's, it's really hard. And I believe that Hannah was really burdened with that. And that was a big thing on her heart, but the positive thing is she stayed so faithful praying for the child. She prayed, she says from the depth of her anguish and resentment, um, deeply hurt with many tears. So, really heavy burdens, really heavy things to go through, um, especially in those times where they didn't have the the stuff that obviously we went through. But, you know, really burdened with that. Remain faithful. And then it says that God remembered her. And then God remembered her and gave her the birth of her son Samuel, which we see all throughout the Bible. Um, But I related to her a lot on that. So I believe that was a big thing with burdened. And then another woman that I thought of that went through hard times was Esther. Like we just talked about, Pastor Greg prayed on that sermon about Esther and the burden she went through to try to save her people. Um, So we learned that story about how... um, Haman put out the order to kill all the Jews, all that stuff. And so I believe that was very hard on Esther's heart. She was in a place of burden and despair, but she put herself to the side and put God first. And it said if she were to perish, that she would perish. So I believe that through her faithfulness as well, that God was going to keep her safe in the presence of the king, um, making that request to save her people. I believe that that, um, her faithfulness as well really brought her through. So um, just like that, relating to Ann Wilson's song, is it starts in a dark place, starts in that burden, not knowing what's going to happen, and staying faithful through that, and then coming out on the other side um, successful. So those are a couple... um, ladies that I found in the Bible that really showed me burdens and faithfulness and really coming out on the positive note with the Lord. You know, you kind of, uh, I want to go back to your story on Hannah for mm-hmm. just a moment here. You kind of touched a little bit on our story and our testimony, uh, talking about some of the infertility type stuff. You know, for the folks that don't know, uh, before we had children, we were kind of going through a season of life that, hey, we didn't really know if kids were going to be on the table for us. Mm-hmm. And, and we were almost getting ready to go through the major fertility treatments. And, yeah. I, you know, we were actually taking a break, kind of saving up money uh, to do that. And it was during that time that God yeah. kind of talked to us. was like, hey, you know, I'm in control of this. Yeah, like it's my timing and not yours. So we took a break from those treatments. And four months later, we obviously got pregnant with Avery. So, you know, that... That in itself is one of my greatest testimonies of my adulthood of that 
it's in God's timing and you have to sit and be faithful and that God is going to remember you and bring you out on the other side. So, you know, we, we went through that, that kind of burdened and, and wearied time mm-hmm. right there. Like, you know, man, it is a it's family yeah. really in our, in our, our future. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I think most husband and wife that get married, they think, man, I, I, I want to have a family. Yeah. And you know, that was kind of a burdened and, and a weary time for us. And I remember mm-hmm. how hard that was on you specifically. Mm-hmm. And then here we are, uh, you know, four and a half years later, and we've been blessed with two awesome children that we got to get put to bed before we can actually do our recording of this podcast here. But as you hit that kind of from a, a woman's standpoint, which I think is awesome, it's just why I, I really wanted to do this as, as a husband and wife. Mm-hmm. I kind of took this from a different standpoint and I took it from the father's mm-hmm. standpoint on this. And I looked at the story of Job. Uh, Job was a guy that was continuously faithful to the Lord. His children were faithful to the Lord and his life turned around in an instant. He lost his house. He lost his family. He lost everything. And, and he was allowed to go through all this suffering through life. And all through it, he remained faithful to God. And when we remain faithful to God during those times of burdenous weariness, the Bible goes on to tell us that Job was rewarded with twice as much as he had prior to that. You know, God's never promised us that things in life are, are going to be easy. He's never told us that there's not going to be some struggles and some tests that we have to go through in our lives. But what he does promise us is that on the other side of those tests and on the other sides of those promises is a greater prize. And that prize is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and really... When you consider how awesome that is that we were once dead and now we get to live with Jesus, those trials seem pretty meaningless once we get through them. They're tough at the time. Like they stink when we're in the middle of going through them. But after we get through that trial, there's Jesus right there. And when we look back on those situations, we see that Jesus was teaching us something through those trials. Mm -hmm. And even though it may not feel like it at the time, Jesus is right there and he's ever present through every one of those trials that we go through. And the common denominator is our faith, is staying faithful and staying steadfast and, you know, and big in our faith and making sure that we are consciously making an effort to trust God and know that he has our best interests at heart. I'm sure Ann Wilson questioned a lot, God, how can you turn this tragedy of my brother passing away? How is that for the good of me? And how is that in the good for my family and for everything else? But her faith and now her parents' faith after the tragedy too, um, you know, she can put that into something positive like this song to reach all these people and tell her story, tell her brother's story, and hopefully bring other people to Christ, which is our, our main goal. You know, Psalm uh, chapter 55, verse 22 says, Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Do you find it hard to cast your cares upon the Lord when you're going through those, those times of burden? Oh, yeah, the world, your flesh, they all tell you, you know, you got to power through, you've got to figure this out. You know, you're an independent person or an independent woman, you know, you, you do this, you know, you, you, you. 
But what we really know is we can't do it by ourselves. But it is hard. You know, your flesh pulls you one way, but your spirit and your faith pull you another way. It is hard, especially on the big stuff. It is hard. But as a Christian and as someone in a relationship with Christ, you learn, you know, I don't want to do this alone. I, I don't have to. And that, you know, takes that burden off your heart quite a bit. But it is hard. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how we've talked about the bad stuff, right? We've talked about the burdenness. We've talked about the weird. We've talked about the darkness, but things are getting ready to look up. And as the song starts getting that beat pumping in your heart and pumping in your blood a little bit, we start to see the other side of what happens when we put our faith and we put our trust in Jesus. But right before we get there, I want to talk about just a little bit going right back to our website, www.radioelevatepod.com. If you like what we're doing right here on the podcast, we'd love to have you in person. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of links right there. There's a link right to the main church. That's www.cpoint.cc. If you enjoy what we're doing, if you want to donate, there's a place that we can do that. We love having you. We thank you so much for listening today. If you want to give, if you want to participate, please feel free to do so. You can go right there. There's a Bible study that you can print that's going to add to what we're doing right here today that's going to dive even further into the song, My Jesus, that you can print off. We're also going to have copies right there available at Cross Point Church. If you're hearing this afterwards, though, and you need to download it, it's going to be right there. Again, that's www.radioelevatepod.com. Well, we, we talked a little bit about the bad stuff. We talked about the dark stuff. But today, we're going we're gonna to move forward to, to the, the brighter side of things. You know, we all have our own story. We all have our own testimony. And as we just kind of dove into that a little bit ago uh, with, you know, us and our family uh, going through that years ago, we all have a story. We all have a testimony. Do you think that your testimony can affect others? Oh, definitely. Um, Especially, you know, when you have a um, testimony that is similar to someone else's. Like, you might know that, you know, you have a similar past to someone else your testimony could, you know, ultimately change their life and show them that there can be change. So, I mean, I feel like your story is very important. God gave you that story. He put you in the situations. He gave you that stuff for a reason. You know, just like in Esther's story, he says you were created for such a time as this. You know, we were given our past. We were put through these things for for a time like this. You might have been put in front of someone specific for just that time with just with that story. So I believe your story is important. You should never be ashamed of your story. You should want to tell people what your Jesus brought you through. So I, I think it's definitely important. You know, I, I hear all the time, uh, you know, we work with the youth. Of course, I'm the youth pastor there at mm-hmm. Cross Point. You're the nursery director. We, we have a lot of interaction with the youth. We build great relationships with them. And one of the, the most common things that I hear is, I don't feel like that we can, uh, I don't think that we can accurately portray the name of Jesus. But as I always tell people, when you have your personal story, when you have your testimony, that's something that God, that's something that Jesus has given you. You can't mess that up. 
You've gone through it. You may not be able to point to chapter and verse of scripture, but you can always tell what God and what Jesus has done for you. You're not gonna mess that part up. So I wanna ask you today, in your story, how is God working in your story? Like I said, you may not be able to go back and give a verse. You may not be able to go back and point to different biblical characters, but the only difference between biblical characters in the Bible and our personal stories is time. We have mm-hmm. our own versions of our personal stories. A lot of the books of the Bibles are testimonial in nature. The apostles all wrote their eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did. They didn't get that stuff wrong because they saw it with their own eyes. They could tell you what Jesus did in their life, just like in our stories, we can tell you what Jesus has done in our life. And I know when I listen to podcasts of people's testimonies and their stories and their past, I know that that you know, makes a difference in my life more than, um, you know, maybe just reading a book or, you know, you know, listening to, to a song or something like that, because you're really connecting with them. You're really making that relationship with them and you're really being able to apply that stuff to yourself too. So, I mean, I feel like that, you know, your testimony is your biggest, your biggest witnessing tool. Your testimony is everything you know, like we always say at church and all that stuff, you know, you don't have to know the right things to say. You just need to be bold and have the strength and the the faith to say it, to step out and say the things that God wants you to say. Like, you know, I was kind of nervous about doing this podcast. I'm not, you know, always fluid with my words, but, you know, we talked and we prayed about it and I knew that whatever God wants us to talk about, he's going to lead that conversation, no matter how cheesy or whatever that sounds. So, I mean, you just have to have the boldness and the faith to step out of your comfort zone and say what you feel led to say. You don't have to have pretty words, fluid words, fancy words, things like that. You just have to to talk and say what you're feeling led to say, and you'll, you know, connect with someone that way. You know, we just we just finished a long study last semester in the book of Exodus. Mm-hmm. And, and Moses himself, uh, a lot of Bible scholars go back and say that he may have had a speech impediment, but he definitely had some speech issues. And, mm-hmm. and when God came to Moses and said, hey, you're going to lead my people, Moses' first reaction was like, uh, I don't talk real good, man. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I think you got the wrong guy here. But that... Uh, what God was calling Moses to do was going to be Moses' testimony. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Moses was not always like your model Christian either, right? Mm-hmm. Which brings me to another point that Ann Wilson makes in that song. It says, who can wipe away the tears and make the past disappear? Mm-hmm. You know, I told you a minute ago that the youth always say, I'm afraid I'm not equipped well enough to, to teach somebody about Jesus. The other thing that I hear from kids and adults both is, Man, my life's been a wreck before. I ain't got no business teaching anybody about Jesus with my past. Don't have a leg to stand on. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Jesus, or in the song by Jesus, and we tell the past to disappear, what God, what Jesus does, he tells it to disappear. He doesn't tell the past and your previous sin to go and hide. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell your past and your previous sin to just kind of go away for a little while. He has it disappear, meaning it's no more. It's like it never happened. You're created new within Jesus Christ. So how does that give you encouragement when you're teaching others about Jesus? 
Um, I believe knowing my past is gone, that I've repented. It's been washed away by, you know, the crucifixion of the Lord and his blood. I mean, that helps me um, in my journey and my testimony greatly, knowing that no matter what I've done before I met him and gained that relationship, everything that I've done is gone. So that helps me when I'm trying to reach somebody or talk to someone about the Lord to share that. And so they can know no matter what they've done, what they've seen, you know, you know, what, what their past holds that they have that freedom in the Lord as well. And that if they turn to the Lord and if I can help them do that, or if they, you know, gain that relationship with Christ, that the same thing can happen for them that, you know, let my Jesus change your life. Let what he's done for me, let him do that for you. You know, so that's a huge um, witnessing tool as well. So once we get to the third verse of the song, we the whole song really kind of talks about a restoration between a personal relationship between myself and Christ. But then it really starts to talk about the whole broad section of the relationship. And it's really talking about the restoration between all of humankind and Christ. And in my opinion, when we get to talking about that, that really makes me feel like I know that God loves me. The song says, who would pray the, who would pay the price for all my guilty, who would care that much about me. When you really break down those particular lyrics, you see the love of God all over that and how much he actually truly loves and cares for us. What does that mean to you, those verses? I believe that, you know, to me it means that, you know, like you said, he cares enough about me, like little old me. I always think and I always get emotional when I think about Christ on the cross and he has me in mind. Like, that's insane. Like, for all the pe- millions and billions and trillions of people in the world that he would die so that I could, you know, when I die, go to heaven and be with him forever. Like, it's very humbling and it's very emotional to me. Um you know, that restoration and that, that he would sacrifice that for, for me. And that, you know, even after everything that I've done, that he would still, you know, chase after me and long for a relationship with me, you know, still blows my mind to this day, even having a relationship with him. Sometimes I'm like, why me? Like, why would you pick me? Like after everything that I've done, you know, and when I still have bad days and the thing, you know, we still sin daily because that's our flesh. So, you know, it's when you don't feel good enough and when you don't feel worthy that you hear a verse like that and you say, oh my gosh, you know, he died for me to restore our relationship and restore my spot in heaven. You know, it's just really, really emotional, really powerful. Well, God continues to want to restore that relationship with us. And there are moments in history where we can really see God coming down to kind of remind us, hey, I'm still here. And one thing about that restoration in a relationship with God is the fact that he's going to be there for us whenever he wants, whenever we want him. He's not going to force himself on us, but he's going to be there whenever we want him. Uh, You know, I don't know, six, seven months ago at Esbury College, there was a major event that took place where a student-led worship session turned into a revival where over 50,000 spontaneous people were worshiping. 
That is a sign of restoration between God and his people right there at a college, nonetheless, where there's all sorts of sin running rampant. God saying, hey, I'm still here, ready to restore relationships with you. And that got me to thinking that when there are tragedies around us or when there is sin around us, there's always the goodness of God ready to restore a relationship right there. You know, 9-11 was a terrible event. And I, a lot of people listening to this were alive during 9-11. And mm-hmm. they can tell you exactly where you were right mm-hmm. then. I can tell you that that was, uh, the world was probably not as bad then as it has gotten now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was still sort of headed in that direction. But what everybody did on the 9-9-11 was prayer vigils. Mm-hmm. And they started lifting up the name of Jesus because when tragedy strikes, sometimes it reminds us that, hey, we're not in control. Mm-hmm. We've got to restore our relationship with God. You know, Alan Jackson came out with that, Where Were You When the World Stopped Turning? And the lyric of that song was, Did You Dust Off Your Bible at Home? Mm-hmm. Meaning, have you got so caught up into the world and doing things on your own that you've forgotten about Jesus? But then there's a restoration that comes with Jesus when you accept him into your life. You know, another thing more recently is the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, everybody could have looked at that and said, Oh, you know, God was nowhere in that. God's fingerprints were all over the mm-hmm. COVID pandemic. You know, churches, even though they were shut down, we learned about online services. Mm-hmm. And we learned that God was still going to make a way where we couldn't see a way so that we could honor and study and worship with God together. This podcast would not even be a thing had the COVID-19 pandemic not have happened. Mm-hmm. And yes, there was loss of life. Yes, there was death. But what it reminded us of, was that Jesus was ultimately the one in control. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, COVID-19, you know, as an essential worker working through that, I saw a lot of the inside scoop, a lot of the dirty, you know, the down and dirty of it. And it was it was really hard. It was hard on people. It was hard on families. It was hard on patients, on staff, you know, you know, all of that. It was It was hard, but... You know, it also showed that we can't do this alone and that, you know, when it gets hard like that and you're in your very last stages and you're like, I don't know what else to do. People are, you know, passing, things are happening that we can call on on the Lord and get that, you know, sense of peace. Um, You know, there were a lot of patients that were, you know, in their last days that wanted to be prayed with and we would have um, chaplains come in, things like that. So people weren't you know, turning on God in those times, they were reaching out to him. And I feel, you know, that that was really powerful. And I know a lot of churches shut down. It was really hard and on a lot of people, but us as Crosspoint, we banded together. We did virtual services for, I don't know how long, forever. But as soon as we could get back in the building, we were there with bells on. We were full. We were ready to, you know, be a church body again and get that fellowship and, and worship the Lord together. So, you know, I think it showed a lot that you see these stickers everywhere, faith over fear. So, you know, that was a time that we had to, you know, really rock hard, strengthen our faith and not be afraid, not be afraid of what people would say, you know, what could happen. People gossiping about people getting together at church. You know, you really had to put your faith forward and know that, you know, God was working and, and not be afraid. So, you know, I think that strengthened all of us a lot. I think that 
the church body and the world learned a lot during that time. And, and I'm really glad and proud to be a part of a church that has gotten back together and come back from that even stronger than we were before. I mean, getting in that new building, our numbers go up all the time. And it's not, you know, just new people coming in. It's people being saved. I mean, people being baptized constantly, um, it feels like. And, you know, and, you know, Pastor Greg doing such a great job at, um, you know, spreading the true word of God and the true word of the Bible when a lot of churches aren't doing that anymore as well. So, you know, I really feel proud of you know, the church that we're a part of and what we're also doing with the youth. So I think it strengthened us a lot. It was a scary time, but God was everywhere. I mean, if you, you know, he was everywhere, so. Well, the song talks about burdens and weariness. It talks about a restored relationship with Christ. But one common theme throughout the song is Ann Wilson keeps saying hallelujah and amen. And those are, are two words that we've really kind of taken for granted as Christians. We just hear them all the time and we don't really think about what they mean. But the term hallelujah literally translates to praise God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you think about we're going through those burdens, we're going through those worries, we got to praise God. Mm-hmm. When things are going good, we got to praise God. God gives us gifts. He gives us blessings. He gives us rewards. He gives us salvation. Those are the easy times to hallelujah and praise God. And it's such a simple act of worship and praise. It's such a simple thing. You know, hallelujah, you see it written on signs and at tables and things like that. But when you really think about the word, it's it's such a simple act. I mean, even our kids, whenever my Jesus comes on the radio, they're back there singing hallelujah. When we pray at, at dinner, at dinner times, lunch times, breakfast, even Reed, he's two, if you don't know our children, he's two and he says amen. And Avery, her favorite song is my Jesus and she will sing it with her dad all day long and they just sing hallelujah. They don't even understand the word, but it's such an easy and simple act of worshiping God and giving him praise and thanks that it's it's just something anyone can do and it's just such a simple and impactful thing that we can give to the Lord that even a four-year-old and a two-year-old can do it and do it with a heart of even if they don't understand a heart of thanks and joy because Avery will just smile so big when she sings those words and Reed is so happy to say amen even though probably because food is in front of him but Still, you know, something simple and just with a joyful heart you can do for God. So, Well, the next term that she uses over and over through the song is amen. And, and that translates to mean so be it. Or in other words, hey, this is the truth. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this for the first time, if, if you have just ran across this podcast and, and for some reason we've captivated you in this conversation, here's what I want you to know, that God is truth. God is the absolute truth. There's a lot of other theories out there. They're all meaningless, though. There is no meaning behind them. Nothing else can wipe away your tears. Nobody else can make your past disappear. Everything else keeps a record of your wrongdoing. Jesus Christ does not. He, he says that he came to be the light, the way, and the truth, and the only way to the Father is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what amen is, and that is what truth absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we're very blessed to be in a church that speaks only truth, but, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and that's what those theories are doing. They're, 
you know, stealing our joy and our truth and they're destroying our culture, you know, with all the things going on, especially with like Target, the big hot button things right now. Um, you know, it's destroying and stealing our kids' joy and our kids' truth. And and that's something that, you know, we want to instill in not only our kids, but our church kids, our youth children, our Elevate kids listening to this right now. You know, we love you guys and we are so invested in your life and your spiritual life. And we want to, we want you to know that we do these things for you and to make sure that you know that you are loved by us and, you know, all the people around you and that the God's word is truth. And so every Sunday, Cody comes up in front of you guys and speaks truth into your hearts. And I know Pastor Greg does too. So, you know, that's what the enemy's doing is trying to steal the, the truth and steal that joy from um, the kids and, and the young adults. So, you know, we do this because we want to speak truth into them for sure. Well, talking about truth, we're going to dive in a little bit more on that next week as next week we cover, I, I think this week maybe we hit my favorite worship song. Next week I think we're hitting Jennifer's yes. favorite worship song. Yes. Next week we're going to be talking about Hill Songs, what a beautiful name that it is. And that song, we're going to talk a lot about truth. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about some of the other theories. and We're going to talk about how Jesus Christ is truth. Can I get an Amen. Amen. All right. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be good. It is my favorite song, too, by the way. Well, hey, my name's Cody. I'm Jennifer. And we are the uh, youth pastor and the nursery director there at Cross Point Church in Elizabethan. Hey, we got one in the books. The first one's over with. Thank you all so much for joining us. We love y'all. Thank we, you. We love you. Thank you for joining us for Radio Elevate. We'll see you back here next Sunday at 12 o'clock. Bye.